We are Pod Jerky, two Canadian buddies serving up multi-flavored audio jerky in every episode. If you like good times, strong coffee, maple syrup, swamp donkeys, hockey, the outdoors, common sense, dogs, conspiracy theories, sports, and life in general, then subscribe and follow our podcast and check out our social media channel at Pod Jerky. Pod Jerky, make it a double. Some of the topics discussed on Blackbird and Advocacy Podcast may be difficult to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of Blackbird. Right? We're at 21 now? Yeah. Cool. Our show can legally drink in the United States. Correct. Are we like the only country that's twenty one? Everywhere else is eighteen, right? No, there are there are. It, it's it's different in a lot of places. Oh. I think there are places when it's later. I think there are places when it's like twenty three. And really? even here, it's different from state to state. No, I think here everywhere is twenty one. I think smoking is different from state to state. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Banter. Whatever. <laughs> I like banter. I don't know what you. I like banter also. So today's episode, we're going to continue our deep dive into sexual violence in the military, but it's going to be a little different on this one because we not only have a survivor story, but this is a full regular episode. So basically we're going to kind of intertwine our interview with her with our normal format of, you know explaining the case and everything like that. Um, so I hope that everyone enjoys the way that we're formatting this one. Um, because it's also going to be how next week's episode is going to be. And, um, for a lot of our upcoming survivor stories, I think we might be formatting it in this, in this way. So um, let us know how you like this this new format, and uh, hopefully you you do like it, and then we'll continue it. Cause yeah, and this is this is a new thing technically, so we're not a hundred percent sure. Oh yes, so there may be some issues. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Apologize so, in advance if know, this comes out with some issues. We'll 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 uh, work through the kinks as best we can. So hopefully hopefully it works. Yeah. Hopefully it turns out. And let us all know right. if you have any constructive criticism. Yes. Yes. Please make it constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. Don't make it like you sounded stupid. Like, okay. Yeah, that doesn't help. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but like if our levels are off or or like there was some weird like editing thing, like let us know because this this episode is going to take a lot more editing than our previous episodes. So I want to make sure that everything gets edited properly so that it sounds as best as it can. Before we get into the case, um, I do want to just mention that we uh, finally have our website up and running, blackbirdadvocacy.com. So yay! Yay! Um, we're going to be putting like blog posts and stuff up there. The blog posts are basically going to be like potential like updates from um, 
cases that we've talked about or um, they're going to be, um, if I can figure out how to do it, <laughs> they'll be like actual episodes. Like I'll actually put the episodes up if I can. I'll, I got to figure out if that's a, if that's a capability with uh, the uh, website host. Um, but the major thing is that we opened our shop. We have like really, really cute right now, um, sweatshirts, shirts, tank tops, and tote bags up there. Please keep in mind that all of the items that are up there currently, and it'll say it in all the descriptions, are custom made. So they take a little bit longer processing time um, than what a normal um, shop item would take. Like, it's not just two days processing and then we ship it out. Like, I actually have to make the stuff. So... If you want to purchase, just keep that in mind. Um, but they are all custom made. So everyone will get something that's potentially slightly different than the last, which is, in my opinion, like the coolest part of that. I love getting custom things where like mine's just a little bit different, even if they're all the same. And I put that in air quotes. So if you if you like the items, purchase the items. There is one bag, um, one tote bag that I'm just going to throw this out there really quickly. There's one tote bag. It's the fly tote bag. It is based on my new tattoo, which is in honor of Daisy Coleman um, and all other um, domestic abuse and sexual abuse survivors. Um, and part proceeds from that, those sales from that tote bag will go to Daisy's Foundation Safe Bay. So you can give back by getting a really cute tote. So I think that's all that I have to say right now. And It'll tote your goats. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make that tote bag. Mm. <laughs> all right. So uh, we'll get into the, the show. Into the case. Yeah. Here we go. So Amanda like so many, comes from a background of childhood trauma. She grew up in a household where she did not feel as though her family was supporting her and never truly felt that was where she belonged. As soon as Amanda was conceived, her biological father left the picture, leaving her mother to pick up the pieces of an already broken home. Down the road, Amanda's mother met a man who would later become Amanda's stepfather. And while his family accepted Amanda with open arms, the dynamic in her home quickly changed. This is a big part of my experience. Uh, before the military, I grew up in a very emotionally unsupported, abusive home. Uh, my biological father wasn't around when I was a child. He pretty much just dipped the moment he found out I was, I existed. And my mother found, met a man, uh, my stepdad, and they were together and they got married and he and his family accepted me into their family, which is, you know, incredible. And I am super grateful for that. Uh, moving forward, as time went on, the dynamic changed and the relationships changed. Um, and, you know, my stepdad is a very narcissistic person and my mother have had maybe past tense. I don't really talk to her that much these days. Anger issues, 
And, you know, that is something that I've been exploring and trying to solve within myself, which is the generational trauma of just toxic patterns being passed down. And anger was definitely one of them in my house growing up. Um, very reactive, very angry, very quick to highlight the negatives and not focus on the positives. And it really trained me to just be on edge, you know, trained me to be a people pleaser, trained me to seek validation with that, with other people because I wasn't receiving it from my family. Um, you know, being punished, quote unquote, uh, by doing things wrong and punishment, looking anywhere from verbal um, verbal abuse to emotional to physical. And so it was, it was not a great situation for me. I actually hated being home as I got older when I was a teenager, um, to the point where I would try to escape during the summer months and just sit on a city bus all day until sundown and go home because I didn't want to be home. A lot of people who come from backgrounds of trauma, unfortunately, those traits are passed down to them. And like she said, you know, that anger part of it, she took that on. And whether we want to or not, a lot of times we're just kind of going to turn into our parents, for lack of a better sure. term. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, she didn't seem to like that part of her. Oh, yeah. No, I mean... We all know that. I, I know I've inherited traits from my parents that I wish I hadn't. I know I've inherited traits from my parents that I love. But sure, we always, we're always going to have things about ourselves that, you know, when, you, when you're born and you become the person that you're going to become, you don't fully control that. Sure, you can, you can recognize things in yourself and try to kind of fight them. But for the most part, you, the day you're born, you had no say in that. So if you're born with this particular genes being expressed that turn you into a jerk, yeah, again, you can spend your life trying to fight that. But the day that you were born, you had no say in it. You weren't there when they picked the traits that you were going to get. Right. And again, it's it's a lot so, of that nature versus nurture thing, too. Like how right. much of it comes from gene expression and how much of it comes right. from living in that environment. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like on day one. When you're one day old, it's 100% nature, obviously. Right. You haven't had any time to nurture. Right. So you spend your whole life shifting that balance from yeah. nature to nurture. Yeah. Or some people do. Right. Good people do. <laughs> right. So, you know, and and I, I have to wonder how many people in the military have come from backgrounds of significant trauma or, or abuse in the home. Who are, you know, she said, like, I really wanted to seek, I, I, I was seeking validation from others because I wasn't getting it at home. She was being neglected at home. She wasn't yeah. feeling loved and yeah. supported at home. So, you know, the military, unless you have something significantly wrong with you, the military is really going to accept most people. So it's it's that community of acceptance. You you feel proud. You feel like you have a purpose. You feel validated. Right. So I, I wonder how many actually have come from backgrounds like that. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things going into it. Obviously, like you point, like you said, you know, you just want acceptance if you've come from a background where you didn't have acceptance, and that's that's the big problem with gangs. Gangs yes. only exist because you get kids from troubled homes who don't want to be there. Yes. So they just go out into the world and they ha find a group that accepts them 
and they get to do whatever they want, and eventually they start making money doing this, and they're like, well, why would I flip burgers at McDonald's for 5 or $10 an hour when I can make $150, which to a 14-year-old is a billion dollars. Yeah, ton of money. To, to you know, work for a couple of hours and then go back to the, the headquarters and hang out and drink. Right. You know, so, yeah, absolutely, there's a sense of acceptance in all things, even even not gangs, even not the military, but even like, like, like you become a lawyer or a doctor and you go to a law firm or you go to a med school where, uh, sorry, you get a job at a hospital or whatever, where you're now part of this group. Yeah. And so acceptance goes all the way from the totally negative to the totally positive. Absolutely does. Where, like I said, if you were in med school and you were just a loner in med school and maybe you had a bad time or whatever, but you get into a hospital where everyone's cool with you, that's great. That's that sense of acceptance. And it's the same sense of acceptance that people maybe join the military for if they lack that in their lives. Exactly. And kids join the gangs for right. if they lack that. So acceptance exactly. is a really powerful motivator for human beings. We're social animals. Mm-hmm. We only survived as monkeys in the trees against, you know, the tigers and whatever that were attacking us because we were in groups. Mm-hmm. You know, an individual you know, uh, whatever, Paranthropus is going to get eaten by a tiger 100% of the time. But if there's 10 or 20 of them and they're all yelling and screeching and beating their chests and throwing sticks, that tiger is going to go away. So humans have evolved to depend on that sense of socialization and group bonding and acceptance. Because if you didn't get accepted 100,000, 200,000 years ago, you probably weren't going to make it. And so now 200,000 years later... We still have that need to be accepted. And some people are just loners, and that's fine, and they can do they can do well on their own. But the vast majority of humans require that sense of acceptance. Yeah. You know, and then another thing that goes into it that drives people into the military, in addition to that that need to be accepted, um, is you know, you have it's not just acceptance, but it's also about proving yourself. Humans have a need to prove ourselves, and that comes from our development of complex social systems where, you know, a million years ago, our monkey ancestors mostly just needed to be big and strong and tough, but as we develop complex societies, there are now other ways that we measure ourselves. Other than just being big and strong, there's success, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's charisma. So now we have all these other ways in which we seek to prove ourselves. And if you can prove yourself, you can be more successful in a complex society. Yeah. You know, it's not just about surviving anymore. It's now about thriving. Right. So humans feel a need to prove themselves. And what's one of the best ways to prove yourself is go to war. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so in a lot of cases, these are people that feel like they need to prove themselves. You know, if you grew up in a very, very privileged household, you never really felt that need to prove yourself because you were always told that you were better. Uh, whereas if you grew up in a less privileged household, you were always seeking opportunities to prove yourself. And if you had a bigger brother or a bigger sister, you especially needed to prove yourself and you maybe didn't have the opportunity to prove yourself because they were always doing the things. So you're like, Hey, here's a thing that I can go do. That he never did, that she never did, right. that maybe my dad never thought I could do. Yep. So I mean, there are a bunch of. I mean, we could, I could go down a list of things, but there are many, many things that really encourage people. I mean, that's why in the U.S. we don't have a draft system because Americans, in particular, really feel these needs to prove themselves. You know, we're just we're cowboys. So yeah. 
Right. So we have an ample supply of people ready and willing to follow. Yep. Follow their their hearts. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So due to Amanda's tumultuous home life, she decided to leave. And at the age of 18, she found the military. She did not feel she had any direction in life and almost felt lost. But one day when a recruiter approached her at a bus stop in San Antonio, she felt seen. She felt as if she had been found and had found herself. I was standing at a bus station in San Antonio and a car pulls up and it's a recruiter. It's a Navy recruiter. And he, I can't remember exactly what he said to me, but I do remember him like introducing himself. Um, I saw his uniform, so I wasn't totally scared, you know, Mm -hmm. but I was also like, what? And he asked me if I was interested in like coming and speaking to him. Now at this age, I was very much conditioned to believe that I was a lost soul. And I, those are my parents' words. And their definition of a lost soul was, you don't know what you want to do with your life. You don't know where you want to go to school or what you want to study. You don't know what career path you want to, you want to, to do for yourself. So you're a lost soul. You need to figure it out. So this is playing in my head as this recruiter sitting in front of me in this car. And I think this is probably the thing I should do. Like I should probably get into the military. You know, I need direction in my life. And these are voices. These are all voices, as I learned today, outside voices influencing me in my head. So I'm, I'm hearing thoughts of like, you're a lost soul. You need direction in your life. Join the military. The military will be able to tell you what you want to do with your life. And I said, okay. And I, his office happened to be literally right across the parking lot because the bus station was outside of a mall. And they had a, like a little office inside the mall. And I walked over there and walked in there and he gave me the whole spiel, you know, the whole rundown. I'm sitting at the desk and he pulls out this book and he's showing all these like very glamorous photos of the military, like ships out at sea and they call deployments cruises. And it all just was so like romanticized. And especially to me, it's like anything's better than being here at this point. You know, I just wanted it. I just wanted to get out of San Antonio and, and do some, do something with my life. So there's a, there's a program that they do. Um, people who are in the transition of going from civilian into boot camp are called mm-hmm. DEPRs. And so the DEPR process is like, you basically go out and you try to get people to join the military as well. Mm-hmm. It's like a referral program, okay. you know, and the, and later on realizing that recruiters, like they have a quota that they need to meet every mm-hmm. month or so or a quarter. So why not have some of these deppers go out and, and, you know, recruit more people. Yeah. And so this, uh, the office, like I mentioned before, was in a mall. So I would go scour the mall, you know, or we would get in the car with each other and he would drive us around. And like, he did pick me up. We would try to, you know, pick people up and be like, Hey, and he says, you just need three people. And as soon as you can get three people, we'll, you know, we'll get you in as an E3 and you can start getting paid as E3. So we both have some thoughts about that. (laughs) Do you want to do your thoughts? 
at the risk of sounding like disrespectful towards the military. I know, mine's going to sound disrespectful as well. So, yeah, I mean, that's like the definition of a pyramid scheme. Like, you can join now at this price, or we'll give you more stuff if you get other people to join. Like, and I get it. I get it. It's it's your job as a recruiter to just get bodies through the door. Right, that's literally your job. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well... My thoughts are probably going to sound a little bit more disrespectful. And again, I mean, absolutely 100% no disrespect to the military. I come from a military family, literally like as far back as I can remember, every generation has gone into one branch or another. We, the majority of my family has gone into the, the Navy and I still to this day have cousins who are in the Navy who are serving right now. So I am completely in awe of people who go into the military. So I do not mean any disrespect by what I'm about to say. Right. And I also come from a military family. My family has been in the military until the current generation, although the current generation didn't make it past ROTC. <laughs> On purpose. Not like they didn't make it like they failed out. They just decided it wasn't right. for them. Right. But up until that, everyone served yes. in my family. Right. So, so yeah, exactly. We we, so we, we have it. the utmost respect <laughs> for service members, honestly. But to me, this sounds almost identical to human trafficking. The fact that she was a lost soul at a bus stop in front of a mall... And this guy comes driving up in his uniform saying, hey, I can give you a better life. That's literally what happens in a lot of human trafficking cases. The recruiters in the the trafficking scheme will find people and will scour places like malls because they want to find younger, impressionable, more vulnerable people and say, hey, you seem like you're down and out. Let's bring you into this world where you can make so much money. You can make so much of yourself. And if that person accepts, they know now, great, I can get that person in and brainwash them because they've already now said yes to just this, this thing. And then she goes into the recruit, Amanda goes into the recruiter's office and he's showing her all of these, this brochure and these pictures. And she said, you know, they call deployment cruises. And she even said like, they romanticize it. Mm -hmm. Which is, again, literally what they do in human trafficking. This is called a Romeo pimp. And I'm not, please do not think that I am saying that recruiters in the military are pimps. I am not. (laughs) But because of what our podcast is about, I want to just bring that to light for you guys to understand that human trafficking, they get you in the same way that they get you into other things. Right. And actually, I think a good comparison here is not to say that Navy recruiters are like pimps, but that pimps are like Navy recruiters. Correct. This isn't some creepy-looking guy 
you know, in a dark alley. Nope. Exactly. Looking for, like, drunk exactly. strippers nope. coming off of work or whatever. Nope. You know, the Navy recruiter is in a sharp uniform, well-dressed, well-spoken, brings you into a good, off a clean office, shows you these these nice pictures of these, these pristine ships, calls it a cruise, and that is how the pimps are going to work in human trafficking. Correct. They're going to look like reasonable guys mm-hmm. who are offering you a better life. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it... it Again, we're not trying to say that recruiters are like pimps, but that pimps are more like recruiters than you might think. 100%. 100%. And then speaking of recruiting, that whole recruitment process where Amanda joins the recruiter to now get three more recruits in, again, that's literally what they do in human trafficking. They will find one of their workers, one of the people that they have trafficked, who looks the most approachable and they'll usually get somebody who's the same age as the people they're trying to recruit in and they'll get her to go out and she'll go out and she'll go to the mall and she'll just befriend a group of girls or one girl or whatever it is and say, Hey, you know, like my boyfriend, we work together, even though she doesn't work together with him. She's, his subordinate and gets nothing from this, but he has brainwashed her so much that now she's going to go out. So it just, it strikes me as a very similar situation. And this is why pimps are so successful because they romanticize things. They, they take these cues from other organizations such as the military they see this happening and this working in these other capacities and they're like great if they can do that i'm gonna use my smarts and these men are very smart the traffickers very smart i'm gonna take that on i'm gonna use that for myself and i'm gonna get these people in yeah you don't become successful in anything being a being a total dumbass whether it's in the mob or as a human trafficker to be successful in anything you have to have anything that requires organizational acumen you have to have at least two brain cells to rub together when amanda's recruitment duties ended and she was finally able to head off to boot camp the excitement and anxiety set in she had never left san antonio and was waiting to be sent off to Chicago in the middle of winter. Quite a difference. That's nice. <laughs> she had never lived on her own as she went from living with her family to living with roommates. And she knew her life would never be the same. And as she says, once you sign those papers, you're officially military property. But she did not know just how much her life was actually going to change. Once in Chicago, it begins. Officers come to pick up their new recruits, but they are no longer the friendly faces like Amanda's recruiter. They are yelling, screaming, demanding. The anxiety grows even bigger for Amanda, but she also found it oddly like home. And so they're yelling and they're screaming at you and they tell you to like get into this formation. They tell you how to do it and they like 
they're trying to get you to do it like immediately. Yeah. You know, there's no hesitation. You need to get into that spot and you need to, you know, that's it. No questions asked. Um, it was like that aspect was like repeat for me from living at home. I, I grew up in a Mexican American home, which means there is this culture of what they call machismo culture of like this very masculine, like the men are the head of the household right. and the women, like they have, everyone has their like gender roles and women just don't, it's encouraged that they do not like speak really. Yep. Like you don't have an opinion. Your opinions are disrespectful. It's talking back. So that is like absolutely zero tolerated. So being in the military, it was like the same thing, right? Like you can't right. speak up. You can't say anything. You need to be quiet and you need to do what you're told in order to survive. Yeah. So again, it makes me wonder how many people come from backgrounds like this who have joined the military because they are so conditioned already. Because seeing as, you know, she comes from a specific culture that that has this men beating on their chests, you know, women stay quiet. It's she, she, she knew how to behave already. She was already conditioned to be that way. Right. To stay quiet and do what you're told. Yeah. Which, you know, I wonder, obviously from, from a, a female's perspective, like Amanda, you know, she, that culture was females don't speak, but men do, men speak up. So I wonder how that is then for the men who go into the military, you know, when you're a new recruit, you, you still can't speak up, but is it tolerated a little more? So you mean a male recruit versus a female Correct, recruit? Correct, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I can't speak from personal experience, but I don't think so. I think that that drill instructor, you're just meat. Regardless right. There's no gender. You're just no. a person. You're, you're just, just a. You're just meat for them. You're to just a recruit. The ground to then resculpt into yeah. a soldier. Yeah. And again, I'm just I'm not speaking from personal experience, but that's you know, that's my uh, understanding. The conditioning of being a perfect military service member began, but upon graduating boot camp, on her nineteenth birthday. That's like a super awesome day. <laughs> a sense of immense pride came over Amanda. She had accomplished something so much bigger than she was. She had found she had a purpose. I mean, boot camp is really just about conditioning you. It's about breaking mm -hmm. you down and building you back up. Mm -hmm. You know, you hear that a lot outside the military is. And it's very much true. They break down every belief that you have and they build you up into be this like semen in the military yeah. to, to absorb this culture. You're a part of this culture. You're a part of this, like this bigger picture and it's exhausting. It's mentally exhausting. It's yeah. physically exhausting. So by the end of it, it's like, you did it, you made it, you passed all of these, like here's your Navy cap. And it's just like this big moment you yeah. know it's just some very emotional i definitely cried right in front of my petty officer as he gave me his hat and he was always so hard on me coming out of boot camp you're very doughy-eyed like for a lot of people for me right it was like that i'm a part of this this you know 
a military branch. I'm a part of like a family. I have like this purpose to like serve and protect and just this overall like excited to join and like be official. So yeah, so, so she reinforced what I was saying that they're there to break you down and build you back up. Mm -hmm. And she didn't specifically say whether you're male or female, but she didn't specifically say. So I think she's kind of making the point that like it, it doesn't matter to them, to the, the the instructors. They're just trying to break you down and build you back up. So, And it's important to note, too, that she made reference to I'm in a family. Right, because she didn't feel like she had a family. Right. She had a family, but they weren't like a family. No, <sighs> exactly. So she, you know, she goes into into boot camp and she's like, oh, my God, what what am I getting myself into? And then she gets out of boot camp and she's like, look at completely different what I've accomplished. Look right. at everyone that I've surrounded myself with. This is amazing. And the excitement's building, you know, she's she's about to go get her um her command you know everything is is coming to life the the mm -hmm. way that the recruiter told her it would right she's ready to start her real life as far as she can tell yeah after boot camp amanda received her command and was eventually stationed in northern virginia she was so excited to finally be a part of a crew but when she finally got to her ship making her way through to be given a tour she could feel the men's eyes watching her as she passed by. And I specifically asked her, did you feel that from the women as well? And she said, no. She said she, she could feel all of the men watching her. But right. when she walked through with the females, they just, they were like, oh, okay, cool. Another woman on the boat. Right. Which could be one of two things. Either A, and I don't know like what percentage of the crew were female versus male. I'm assuming that even in this day and age, the crews are still majority male. So it could just, it, you know, to play devil's advocate for a minute, it could just be that they were genuinely like, oh, look, another girl on the boat. That's kind of unusual. Statistically speaking, there aren't that many. Alternatively, of course, there are many of them that are going to be like, hey, I'd like to do stuff to her. You know, because she just got out of boot camp. She's probably in pretty good shape. You know. Yep. Look, You look good in a uniform. So, <laughs> yes, of course, there's going to be some of that. Even even a totally good guy. You know, if he's just hanging out in in the mess hole or whatever with his buddies and an attractive girl walks past, he's going to have certain thoughts. Yep. The best guy in the world, if, if that's his thing. If he's a straight guy into uh women yes he's gonna have those thoughts regardless and then there's just the slider of how much of a creep you are how long are you gonna glare are you gonna just look over and think oh or are you gonna stare for a second or are you gonna go worse from there right. so yeah i mean there are degrees of 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 actions that are going to be taken but the thoughts are always going to be there even like i said even if it's not even if one of them is gay and is totally not into girls at all he may still just be looking at her and thinking like, oh, another girl on the boat. That's weird, because statistically speaking, you know, right. there's only one in ten. Right. Well, as she got more familiarized with the ship and her post, she noticed that the men on the ship were wanting to get to know her. She said the attention was great and felt everyone was just trying to be friendly towards her because she was the new girl. And she was ultimately invited to her first party with her crew and was so excited to be spending time with 
her people. She wanted to make friends and go through this process together. But something much more worrying happened. Everybody who's there are my shipmates from the same boat. And this one particular male, I think he had already had several drinks because like people were already drinking and doing their thing before I arrived. And I just remember being in this kitchen, standing in the corner, like up against this corner of the kitchen. And we have like this disagreement. He says something and I think I disagree and we're bantering. And he just like like the, it set him off like something that was said set yeah. him off and he came up and he grabbed both my neck with both of his hands and like pinned me up against the corner of the kitchen and I just couldn't believe what was happening I was I just remember not wanting to do anything because I didn't want to escalate it he was older than me and he was bigger than me so I wasn't going to, to do anything but there are also people like there so I was kind of just waiting for them to intervene like so there were people, there's a couple people that saw, I think I remember one of them just yelling at him like, hey, like cut it out, you know, calling out his name, like, hey, stop it, cut it out. But mm-hmm. not like coming over or doing anything about it. Right. It seemed so like, I don't know, downplayed. And I'm just kind of like, he just choked me out. And this was right. the start of like this condition thinking like, it's not as big of a deal as you think it is. I don't remember who I, I think I reported it to my division officer, which was like one of the handful of people that were very nice to me. Um, So it went up the ranks. He went to captain's mess, which is the military port, the military's own judicial system Mm -hmm. inside of, inside of the branch. So they handle things internally. Now when someone assault, physically assaults someone in the civilian world, you know, they get, ideally arrested they go to trial and they have it like on their record like you look them up and it's says like salt and battery or x y and z and the military how they handled it was they took him to captain's mass which is the internal justice system like Mm -hmm. within the boat and he like decides like how he wants to handle it he can decide whatever he wants he ended up deciding was giving him boat restrictions and that was it which means He just wasn't allowed to leave the boat for like 30. It was probably like 30 days. So she gets physically assaulted by somebody at a party that that's essentially with the crew. It's not like this is like a civilian party and this is a civilian who injures her. This is a shipmate. This is somebody who is on her ship every day who works with her. And essentially nothing's done about it. He gets boat restriction for a month and then that's it. Then he gets to go back to his normal duties and she has to see him every day. Right. That sounds like the worst possible thing you can do because he's going to get pissed off and you're going to put him right back on a confined space with her. And why was she never consulted about what happened? She never... She, she doesn't say she ever went to Captain's Mass to discuss this. Right. Like, she told somebody it went up in the ranks. This guy went to Captain's Mass. The, the captain was like, this is what you're doing. Done. Right. And she was never even... Involved in the process. Right. So, like, she doesn't even know what happened there. Right. It could have it been that he didn't even assault her. At all. That could have been the way that that went. Exactly. As far as, you know, the, the whatever, the, the case 
like hearing whatever you want to call it yeah he could have gone in and been like i didn't assault her and then they were like well because there's a report we'll give you something right done case closed right like yeah that's again no disrespect to the military but that's fucking stupid (laughs) yes it is and the fact that it's literally like one person on the ship who gets to make all these decisions right which you know the funny thing is i understand where that comes from because that's kind of the tradition in the navy going back centuries that the captain is the king of his vessel of course you know um one of the best freaking naval movies of all time is Master and Commander with Russell Crowe. Yes, you and talk about this point, all the time. <laughs> dude, such a good movie. Um, and at one point he says something about his ship is England. Like, like this is England. And I don't think he go. I don't think he says anything like, I am the king, I am whatever. But, like, that's kind of the implication. Like, this is England. We don't know what's happening at home. They could be at war. The French could have taken over for all we know. For all we know, this is it. This is all we've got left. And I'm the captain here, so I'm making the freaking decisions. So I understand the tradition that goes along with that, that, yeah, theoretically, this captain could be out at sea, at war, has no idea what's happening in the rest of the world, and he is, you know, at this point, the senior ranking official in all of the United States. Now, in 2020 and 2010 and 2000, anything, that's pretty unlikely because we've got technology. But I understand the naval tradition of that, but... When there's an accusation of physical violence being used by one service member against a fellow service member, that should never be in the hands of one person. No matter, like that captain may have been the man. He may have gone through war and saved lives. He, you know, he may have stopped nukes from being launched by a, a Nazi submarine that's been patrolling for the last 60 years. I don't know. He could be the greatest. But when it comes to something like that, you can never leave that kind of decision in the hands of a single person. Correct. Because single people, again, no matter how great they are, are always going to have bias in their Correct. heads. Correct. That's just a stone cold fact. 100%. And that's why in the corporate world, there are boards for things. Yes. Now, that doesn't necessarily always mean that the decision that comes out of a board is the right decision, but it's definitely going to be better than just randomly choosing one of those board members and saying, you get to make all the decisions on Tuesday. Right. And that's why a lot of times, you know, there in in civilian world, there's um, a bench. You could choose a bench trial, which is just the judge, or you can choose a jury trial, which is obviously a jury. And some people choose a bench trial because they feel like their case is maybe too high profile and that a jury will convict them. And some people choose the jury because they think, great, more opinions may mean that I'm going to get off more likely than not you're going to get a jury trial most people will choose a jury trial because like we're saying more opinions mean the possibility of changing someone's mind changing someone's opinion having one sole opinion is that right there's no changing that right whatever they choose is whatever happens and their bias is going to take over yeah and i mean like i said it depends on the accusation too so if this was the kind of thing where she legitimately like she was supposed to be back on the boat from leave at 7 p.m. and she didn't get back till 8 and you have to go to captain's mass for that that would make sense because it's like look you know you did the thing you weren't supposed to do it's a cut and dry it's not thing. that big a deal you go to the captain he says okay you have a history of being a jerk boom you get 30 days or you know what you've been you've had an exemplary record i'm gonna put you on one week's boat restriction or you know what there's nothing today but you know please you know i now I've got you I'm on my radar, you know, 
So that's the kind of thing that I can see leaving to one person because it's cut and dry. But when it's something like this, that it's an accusation of violence from one service member against another, like that cannot be left in the hands of one person. I, I agree. I agree 100%. <laughs> and when she told me that, I was like a little taken aback that that was how things are handled. And yeah. again, I, I understand it from a tradition standpoint. I get I get that. But... But we've got to evolve with the times. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. you literally, like you literally could Skype yeah. admirals and other captains onto the boat. You could. You could have her and the and the the I guess in this case the defendant. Uh, right. Yeah. And the guy. You could have them in a room with the captain and the XO, and you know the the sergeant at arms. I don't know what their version of a sergeant at arms would be. And you could Skype in. Yep. You know yep. the the relevant admirals. You know, you could do that now. Exactly. So why not? Yeah. <sighs> and to make matters worse, you know, this is her first like outing with her crew. This is like these are the people that she thought were her family. And now she gets she has this assault take place. And she even said like people were around and nobody did anything. So like not only does she not feel protected by like the higher ups, which a lot of times, you know, even in corporate world, you don't feel protected by the higher ups. But like. The people who are literally like same, you know, same rank as you, same, same as you, they didn't even come to her aid. Yeah. So like now she's not feeling safe at all. Right. Well, you know, and the thing is they could want to come to her aid, but be too afraid. Yeah, absolutely. Because it yes. is such an iron fisted justice absolutely. system in the military. Yep. So this was Amanda's first brush with the nonchalant attitude of the military in not protecting its service members. And after this, Amanda did not feel safe or protected by those that had taken a vow to protect this country's citizens. They can't even protect their own. She had met someone while doing some work in the kitchen on the ship that she found attractive, and he ended up asking her out. They went out to play pool and ended up at his friend's house. He had purchased some alcohol on their way to the, ho the house, and when they got there, Amanda had some. Being 19 and not much of a drinker, Amanda began to feel the effects of the alcohol very quickly. I was young and I didn't drink, so it didn't take a whole lot. And we we're sitting and talking and laughing and kind of watching TV. But like the more I drink, obviously, the more intoxicated I'm getting to the point where I start to like lose consciousness. Like yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm about to go to sleep because I'm into I'm intoxicated. So the last thing I remember is I was on the floor on my back. I was like, how did I end up on the floor? Because we were just on the couch. And he's taking off my pants. I, I remember him unbuckling my belt and undoing the button of my pants and zipping him down. And I don't remember anything after that. And I passed out. So he definitely had sex with my unconscious body. I later on and the, the next day he was gone. The next day she knew something had happened, but she was not sure of what exactly it was. She went around the ship to find him to question him about what had happened. She approached, 
and asked what happened. And his answer is incredibly infuriating. I will never forget this. He was smoking a cigarette and he wasn't even looking at me while I was speaking to him. He was just looking dead ahead. And he's like, yeah, like, yeah, we had sex. And I said, okay, did you use a condom? And he goes, no. And I said, so what's going to happen? Like, what if I'm pregnant? What if I turn up pregnant? You'd be pregnant in the military. You'd be pregnant on his boat. And he goes, well, you're just going to get an abortion, right? Like he just had a cigarette in his hand and he's just like, so nonchalant. He's all right. So yeah. What an a-hole. That happened. Wow. Like what a piece of trash. He sees this vulnerable girl who he knows likes him. Right. Makes her think, oh yeah, we're going to go out on a date. I really like you too. Gets her drunk. She passes out. He takes advantage of her. Right. And then the next day is just like, yeah, like, right. so. So then, so then the question is, from the minute he met her, was he planning this? Or is this just a normal thing for him? Just he, you know, his shipmates go to parties. And if one of them happens to pass out drunk, he gets to he gets to have sex with them. Like, is that, is that normal for you? That just like, oh, yeah, that girl happens to be unconscious. Right. And, you know, we like, talked about we talked about it in the uh, the live episode about how when you start with something small and you don't you don't get that taken care of, that's not you're not reprimanded for the small thing. You're going to keep escalating. Oh, yeah. And if sexual harassment is happening, which it probably is, I mean, it happens everywhere and nobody people don't take it seriously enough. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the kind of guy who just feels entitled because he's not getting reprimanded for other things. So he's just like, yeah, okay, I can take advantage of whoever I want, whenever I want, do whatever I want. Because, right, and he can just talk openly about it. Yep. Like, on the ship, smoking a yep. cigarette, like, yeah. Like, yeah, we had sex. We had sex and you're going to get an abortion now. Done. Like, that's that's normal to you? You think that's normal? Like, right. <laughs> exactly. And like, like, so, so how many times has this been that this has happened to you? Because the first time that happens to any guy, that that there's a chance that he impregnated a girl, he freaks out 100% of the time. <laughs> uh, or even he thinks, like, oh, no, we had sex last night and we didn't use a condom. Right. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Right. So the fact that he's like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. We had unprotected sex. Puff, puff. Right. Like, how many times have you done this then? That exactly. It's cool to you now. That it's it, normal to you now. Right. What? Yes. <laughs> like, the normalization of all of this like the fact that she passed out and he felt that it was okay right. to have sex with her and then the next day just think it's okay to openly talk about it on the ship right and be so blasé about it just like yeah like like you said like this is a normal thing to him right like, I would have been freaking out, and I would have gone and found her and been like, hey, listen, we need to talk. Uh. Right. Had this happened, like, consensually. Right. But that's the thing. Like, clearly this didn't happen consensually, so he probably wasn't even going to approach her at all. And when she approached him and she was like, oh, did we have sex? He was just like, yeah. Right. Because he's the kind of guy, I guarantee, that had she gone forward with this, 
he would have just been like, it was consensual. Right. We were both drinking. She said, she said yes. Right. And that's probably why he talks about it openly because he, he's one of those guys who can just, exactly, exactly. Because he probably has gotten away with it before. Yeah. Those, that's that kind of person. And it's infuriating. And his answer is infuriating. Yeah. And I guarantee, like, I would want to punch him in the face. I guarantee that if I were in her position and I punched him in the face, I would then get time for that. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like, and probably more time than the dude who, who physically assaulted her. Yeah. You know, more boat restriction than what that guy got. And mind you, everyone out there, these are two different guys. These are two different people who did these things to her. Right, so she just can't catch a break. She can't catch a break. 100% of her outside of work interactions yes. with men have ended in violence. Correct. One time sexual. Correct. Yeah. That's not okay. That's not okay. How is that a thing? That is how not is, okay. How is that a thing? <laughs> it is It is not okay. And again, like, I'm going to keep reiterating, like, she thought she found her right. place. Right. She thought she found the family she was looking for. And the abuse just continued. It, it just, it was, it yeah. was a repeat of her childhood. Yeah. Which may and have felt. it's only felt, gotten worse. It's only gotten worse. But it may have felt so normal to her. Right. Because she's been through it. Right. Not necessarily the sexual assault, but violence in general. She'd been through that. She grew up with it. She, she, it was a normal part of her life. Right. So this may have been normal to her. Right. And that upsets me so much because that's the thing we have to get out of. We have to teach people that that's not normal. That's not a normal way to live. That's not a normal way to be treated. Yeah. So that when they do grow up to become an adult, they don't think that this is still a way to live because a lot of these people then fall into the trap of um, meeting abusive partners who then they they get into domestic situations. Right. And then they have children and then the children learn. Exactly. And then the the cycle just keeps. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you're right when you say the word teach we need to teach people and that's kind of again that's i I talk about this a lot on these episodes that's the whole point of this podcast is to try to maybe educate a little bit a little bit Mm -hmm. because like even even in other matters like people just don't understand like people don't understand their rights as workers i'll hear people talk at work about how you know oh you know my boss said i had to do this and i'm like no you don't and I'll literally, like, whip out my phone and I'll go to, like, nys.gov and be like, no, see, right here, this is the law. And it says, you don't have to do that. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I have to come in, uh, I have to come in to work on Saturday. Like, oh, you're getting overtime, right? No, I'm not getting paid for it. Then you don't have to come in. But he said I do. Then you, you don't have to come in. Right. That's illegal. Right. That's not the law. Right. And I'll show you. I'll, <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look the law up. People just don't understand. No. Because... You know, they're used to it because they never were taught. And exactly. Like, like in this case, she grew up in a household that taught her that abuse is okay. And yeah. when bad things happen to you, you just have to deal with abuse it. Abuse is no love. I mean, that's well, so many, that too, there's so but, many <laughs> things that like, this right. is, this is the way that we show our love. Right. Which and, I would just be like, what? 
But yeah, I mean, if, if that's the way you're raised, then that's just... Well, and that's exactly it. You weren't raised right. like that, so you... Right. Thinking, you know, from your standpoint, going, what? Right. But had you been raised that way, you wouldn't. You wouldn't question it. Yeah. That yeah. would be normal. Like, yeah. your your life is not normal to kids who were abused. Right. Like, wait, what? They, they went on, like, family vacations every year, and they, they like see each other for family dinner every week and they talk at dinner and right. they don't yell at each other at dinner. Right. That's weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like, it's, yeah, that's, that's normal. And so anyone who's listening to this right now who didn't have that, your experience was not normal. It right. was not okay. Right. <laughs> it's not, it's not what is supposed to happen in families. Right. People, like, regardless of whether it's family or military or a group of friends, mm -hmm. you have the same rights that every single other human being has Correct. 100% of the time. Male, female, straight, gay, military, civilian, father, uncle, child, doesn't matter. <laughs> Correct. Like, that's the thing. It's a simple equation. Everybody has exactly the same rights all the time. You know, until you commit some kind of heinous crime, then you have to go to jail. Okay. You shouldn't have any rights, but that's beside the point. That's I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Tangent. <laughs> so, th thankfully, she turned out to not be pregnant. But the mental anguish from this ordeal has stuck with her for the remainder of her life. And for the time being, when some would report the perpetrator to the authorities, Amanda decided to not report. She believed if nothing was done about her earlier assault, why would this assault be taken seriously? Why bother? Didn't work last time. Just made things worse. Exactly. Had she reported the incident, she would have gone through a sexual assault examination and the report would have gone up the chain of command. But what would that have meant for her? She felt that reporting this would look poorly on her and that others would judge her as the new girl who's causing problems. She stayed quiet about the ordeal and had to deal with it on her own inside her own mind. That sucks. That is, oh, that is trash. I can't even imagine. Like. I can't even imagine how torturous that must be. Yeah. And again, to now have to be on a ship with these two men who have assaulted right. you. Right. And like, this isn't, this isn't like just regular work. Right. <laughs> where you can like go outside and take a break or right. like take a day off this is right. like you're stuck potentially yeah. in the middle of the ocean with these people right you have nowhere to go to get away from them right and now you know that this one guy has already raped you and gotten away with it so what happens if you get assigned to a work detail below deck yeah. where it's just you and him and one other guy maybe who's who's his buddy and you've got a clean some drive shafts or something guess what's gonna happen guess what's gonna happen without freaking question quite possibly yeah. and you can't say no i'm not doing it because no i that's your work detail you do that you do it now or you you throw you overboard no not literally but <laughs> you, there are no options nope and since you didn't report it now you don't have a light to stand on if you say well i'm afraid that they're gonna assault me down there right why, well, why would you think that right but I, I, just do it and it's just going to happen and you're just and now and now in your head you're just like okay so I'm just going to go down there and I'm going to get raped 
and it's just going to happen now, and I'm just going to have to deal with it. And yeah. then when it's over, I'll move on like I did last like time. Like I did like last that, time. Like, how yeah. was that a thing? I know. And the That's fact that, ridiculous. again, the fact that she already got physically assaulted by somebody who who choked her right. in front of a group of people. And no one immediately beat the crap and out of that And nothing guy. happened. Nothing and, happened. And again, I don't mean to disrespect the military in any way, but every single one of the other guys there that were service members who didn't immediately rip that guy off of her is an asshole. I know. 100% of them. I know. It's 100% such, of them. It's like, so... you are dishonorable and you should be tossed out of the military anytime something like that and it's again it's teaching people that it's okay to get away with these things yeah you're so that you're so (laughs) entitled that you can you can assault somebody and it's 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 totally okay yeah so like nobody's protected except the perpetrators the victims are not protected yeah the perpetrators are protected and if that it's like, is absurd. And if it's like, oh, well, you know, he was drunk. Well, I guess he can't drink anymore, right? So that's the agreement we're all up. This guy is never going to drink again because this is the shit that happens. Nope. Guarantee the next party he's getting wasted again. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I guarantee if they found out that she had been drinking, they would be like, you cannot drink anymore. Right. This was your fault for right. drinking. Right. You must have riled him up. Right. Because you're drinking. You got, because you got too drunk to say no, that defaults to yes. That too. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The and lack of a no is a yes. Everybody knows that. Somebody on the internet right now messages my Facebook account that I haven't been on in like a year and says, hey, Dan, can I take your car this weekend? They cannot take my car this weekend because I didn't answer no. Theft. There are states <laughs> that believe that. There are states that it's on the books. That if you do not say no, it is a yes. That's ridiculous. There are states where you literally have to say no. Right. And that's completely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. That's completely ridiculous. And I I don't know what the law is within the military. If it's, if it's, you know, you, you have to give affirmative consent where there, you have to say, yes, I want this to happen. Or if the lack of a no means, yes, I want this to happen. Like, I don't know right. what the military sees as that. Um, but yeah. I think we could take a guess and we'd probably be right. I think so. I think so. So after this happened, Amanda was able to enter a healthy, consensual relationship. Though this relationship was with someone above her rank. It is completely against military protocol to fraternize with, I love that word, fraternize, with someone outside of your rank. But Amanda did not worry about that because after her assaults, she found it comforting to find someone who also had some past trauma. She describes him as tall, dark, and handsome, and having worn the uniform of an officer when she first met him. So she was an E3. And the E ranks go up to 12. And he was an O3. So he was way, up there. way above. There was an instant connection between Amanda and uh, she called him Paul. Um, we're not going to give his real name. So he is Paul. And a forbidden romance began. Obviously, they had to keep this relationship secret, but aside from that, it made Amanda feel so loved and respected 
like she never had before. Neither one of them faltered in their professional duties, so their relationship never once interfered with their military service. However, due to the secrecy and the potential of her command finding out, she began having anxiety attacks. The attacks were getting so bad that they manifested into physical ailments and even suicidal thoughts. Because of how severe these attacks were from bottling this up, Amanda decided to confide in a fellow seaman whom she trusted. And I remember him not looking shocked, but I also remember him not looking, he wasn't surprised, but he wasn't upset, kind of stone-faced about it. And I'm like, okay, I can't really read him, Mm -hmm. but I guess it's okay. You know, like I was kind of easing him into it until I, I told him every, pretty much everything. And he just kind of looked at me and he's like, okay, it's like, don't tell anybody. And when he said that, it was almost like a reassurance. I was like, okay, like, I guess we're on the same page. Like this is like, you hear me, this is going to stay between us. (laughs) And it did not stay between us. Though she thought she had confided in someone who would never tell her secret, the next thing she knew, she was being called into the executive officer's office and her anxiety began to return. She began to be questioned regarding her relationship with Paul. To where it became very uncomfortable. Like, you know, were y'all having sex? Were you living together? Um... Paul had given me hickeys on my neck a few days before we went out to port. And so they were like, they were going away, but they were still kind of there. And I was covering him up with my collar and she was like, are those from Paul? And I didn't want to lie to my authority. So I said, yes, I answered everything honestly. Mm-hmm. And she goes, we're going to need to, we're going to need you to stand up and pull your collars down so we can look at it okay stand up and do as they said and they're taking a look at it and she says okay now we're gonna need to document this and i'm thinking like write it down i'm like okay no they meant take photos so i'm standing in this room with like three other three people one my xo and two i later realized are like the legal people of the boat who handle all the processing paperwork was Mm -hmm. writing documenting everything taking photos of my neck telling me to like pull pull down your collar, tilt your head, flashes are going off. This room is dark. And, you know, switching and doing the other side. It was like the most humiliating thing. Tell me your your opinion of that. So A, right off the bat, she feels betrayed by this person that she trusted. Yeah. We assume. Now, I mean, technically we don't know how the the upper echelon found out, but I mean, you got to assume if it happens right after she confides in someone, um, that sucks. That sucks. You just you can't trust anyone at this point, right? Because no. it's either this friend that you confided in or it was this guy that you were in the relationship with. Somebody betrayed you. So now you know four people. Uh, one assaulted you physically. One assaulted you sexually. And then one of the remaining two betrayed you. Like, that just sucks. You just frig. Um, and then two, so she's, she's telling them the truth and they're like, they have to take pictures of the hickeys. 
Yeah. You have to be like probed and examined. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. And my initial thought from this was they are taking this so much more seriously than her physical assault. That's true. That's a good point. This was a consensual relationship. Right. Yes, they were of completely different ranks. And yes, that's against protocol. But, but like, so is choking shouldn't abuse right. be? You're not allowed to choke out a crewmates. Why didn't they take pictures of her neck for that? Exactly. Exactly. That's what bothers me the most about this entire thing that happened to her. Yeah. The fact that they took her consensual relationship between two adults more seriously than an act of violence against her. Right. They didn't take pictures. They didn't document anything that happened in her physical assault. They didn't even question her about it. But the moment they found out that she was having a relationship with somebody of a higher rank, all hell broke loose. And she was questioned and she was made to feel humiliated, like she said. Humiliated. Right. Because now their prestige is on the line because one of their chosen ones, one of the officers, is involved. Yeah. Whereas before, it was just two grunts. Right. Who cares? They're just tools. Yeah. They're just there to be screwdrivers and fix stuff. But that's exactly it. You you can say who cares about the perpetrator because who the F cares about a perpetrator? They're disgusting garbage humans. Right. But to say who cares about a victim of violence? Right. That's horrible. She was never a priority to them. She was never important to them. No. Their reputation yeah. is the important part. Exactly. So that's why they're taking this so much more seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's disgusting. Yeah. And that is exactly why I wanted to tell this story. Because that should never happen. Your reputation should not be as important as somebody's life. Ever. What would have happened if she continued to be abused by these people on the ship. Thankfully she wasn't, but what would have happened if she was, and she would have ended up dead. They would have probably just covered it up. Like they've been with all of these Fort hood uh, cases and with the Lavina Johnson case, this has to be taken more seriously from the moment that it is reported. The first time that somebody says, I was assaulted, however you were assaulted, when there is violence involved, even even harassment, the moment, the moment that you say this person's been, been harassing me, stalking me, sexually harassing me, whatever it is, it has to be taken seriously. It has to be taken seriously. That person can't just get 30 days boat restriction. Yeah. Absolutely. Because then you're te- you're just telling that person it's no big it's deal. It's no big deal. Yep. Yeah, I mean we were talking about this on a previous episode about why they made um 
why they made the penalty for committing crimes using a firearm so much more severe here in the states because before that it wasn't it wasn't a big deal i don't know if you even got anything extra on your sentence for committing a crime with a gun versus not committing a crime or committing that crime with a knife or whatever and at one point they realized like this is creating a culture where every criminal is carrying a firearm mm -hmm. so they made the laws so much more strict to where now the you know quote unquote smart criminals say i'm not bringing a gun to this i don't want to do 25 years yeah. i don't need a gun to do this nope. and that's why anytime you watch like documentaries about like bank robbers or jewel thieves or whatever it is they always tell you like i never touched a gun or like i brought a toy gun in mm -hmm. with me just so it looked like the shape under my coat like, right they'll tell you you never bring a gun and you see it in movies like admittedly fiction movies or whatever but like where like one of the new guys to the crew will have a gun and they'll all be like what are you are you kidding me we are an amateur <laughs> throw that shit away you don't bring a gun you're gonna do you're gonna get us all 20 years exactly. instead of whatever yeah. a year or two or yep. whatever it is yep um so yeah i mean when you have harsh penalties in place for things guess what it works yes it's not going to prevent 100 percent of it because you're always going to get some a-hole but like you know how far gun violence went down when the united states enacted those changes yeah tremendously yeah so yeah if you have slap on the wrist penalties for doing things you're not going to stop those things from happening right if a, if a crewman assaults another crewman and they only get 30 days boat restriction they're just going to do it on day 31 exactly but if you i mean if you kick them out then they can never do it again right. or if you give them some kind of serious penalty you know they get demoted or something like that mm -hmm. you know or they go into the brig for 30 days or something like that something that matters then they may think twice about doing it. But 30 days boat restriction is not going to stop this guy from doing this again. No. No. You're grounded. You're grounded for a month. Right. The first time you got grounded, did you never do anything wrong again? Pretty Hell well. no. Well, well, I didn't. <laughs> well, I didn't get grounded, but whatever. The point is... I was a good child. <laughs> so you never got grounded in the first place? No, I got grounded once. Oh, okay. The point is, grounding your kids doesn't work. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I think we talked about this. The grounding wasn't even the reason why I didn't do anything ever after that. The the disappointment that my parents had in me, right? that was what affected me. Oh, yeah. And, and did it was... it, I never wanted to do anything ever again yeah, after it was, that. It was the same here. Because I, I felt like horrible. Yeah. But that's the thing. A person like that guy who assaulted her, he doesn't care about that feeling. No. He doesn't care about disappointing people. No. He doesn't care about being looked at as a piece of crap. Absolutely as not. As far as he's concerned, that's a badge of honor. That's right. I am a piece of crap. Don't don't f with me. Right. So what do you think? What do you think her sentence was for for having a relationship with? Oh, she got sentenced. Oh yeah. We, I didn't, okay, so she gets some kind of charge. Is what you're telling me? Yeah. And it's and it's fraternizing with a superior officer, I guess. Yeah. So what is her sentence? Yeah. What do you think her? What do you think she was sentenced to? I don't know. Shit is crazy. Um, a demotion back to E2 or E1. Obviously some kind of boat restriction, I would imagine. And a demotion. That's my guess. You tell me. Boat restriction and a demotion? And a demotion. Okay. They have me stand outside and just stand at a like, parade's rest until they call me in. So a whole like group of people and the captain are assembled inside of the bridge, which is like the top of the boat. And I just was 
I was scared out of my mind. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen to him, how long this was going to take. Like just the anxiety of waiting was so painful (laughs) outside of this boat. And I remember someone, I don't remember who it was, but somebody was standing outside with me and they were trying to comfort me. They're trying to be like, it's okay. Like, they said something that I had been hearing for days before this captain's mess started, which was, you know, he's older. Like he's going to get the heavier punishment because you should have known better and you're, you're young and you're new. So, you know, it won't be that bad. Like, don't worry, don't worry. And so this person is telling me the same thing. And I started to believe it. Mm-hmm. I started to believe that, okay, he was older than me and I wasn't going to have like the serious thing any serious consequences happened to me and that it was going to be okay. After answering all the questions, he was going to sentence me to 45 days of boat restriction, which means I wasn't allowed to leave the boat. I was needed to stay on the boat and be in uniform the entire time. Like I'm going to live there for the next 45 days. Half of my pay taken away for almost two months extra duties mm-hmm. while I'm on restriction demoted was demoted from my E3 that I worked really hard to get down to E2. And then, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, that really sucks. I'm like, you know, cursing kind of him and said, my am like, yeah. this really sucks. I worked really hard to get this E3. And then he says to be removed from the U S Navy. And I'm like, removed, <sighs> removed. And then it was over and that's how it was. And once people all went to everyone found out, found out I was in a relationship with Paul, uh, the women even started treating me poorly. I remember going back to my rack to go to sleep. And when I pulled my blanket back to like get in, someone wrote in gigantic letters, horror across my rack. So Amanda was sentenced to removal from the United States Navy for having a consensual relationship with someone outside of her rank. Meanwhile, the man who originally physically assaulted her was sentenced to boat restriction for a short amount of time and then could go back to his regular duties. The Navy took a consensual relationship more seriously than they did a physical assault. Paul was removed from the ship and put on desk duty and continued his service in the military. Ultimately, Amanda was discharged from the Navy well before her 45 days of boat restriction was even up. The captain ordered her removal at about 30 days into her 45 day sentence. Amanda said it made her feel like a disease that the military needed to be rid of. All in all, she served in the U.S. Navy for eight months. All of this happened in eight months' time. That's insane. Holy crap, that's insane. I thought you were going to say like like two years. No, she had a five-year contract and couldn't even make it to the year mark. Jeez. That's crazy. That is a freaking travesty of justice, honestly. Yes. Yes. And then, like, why bother... Why bother, like, with all the other punishments if you're just going to discharge her anyway? 
Just get her out now. Because why, why make her serve as a half pay E two with extra duties for the thirty days? They want to make an example of her, and that's disgusting. Like, look what happens if you have a relationship with somebody outside of your rank. Look what happens if you do things against what we tell you to do. Yeah. And she said that it was drilled into their heads in boot camp that, like, you can't fraternize with people outside of your rank. Right. And so since she did, they were like, we're making an example of you. Right. Nobody should be going against what we tell you to do. Right. So a demotion boat restriction pay cut and then a removal from the right. navy for having a consensual relationship with someone right and i mean like they like the she was saying the people were telling her like oh he's an officer he's an older guy like he'll get the heavier sentence because like he should like he should have known better i'm not saying that she shouldn't have gotten anything like she was doing something she knew right. she shouldn't have done right but absolutely he's way more responsible for that he's an older guy he's an officer he should absolutely know better he stayed at his same pay rate and he just he got death duty and he got to complete his service that's 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 bs man that sucks and you know i asked her what do you attribute this to? Do you think it was your, your ranks? Do you think it was your genders? Like, what do you, and she said, absolutely all of the above. She said, I think that he actually got the easier sentence because he was a man and because he was an officer. I was a grunt. I was a female. Right. I was unimportant. Right. So I'm going to get the bigger punishment. Right. They can, they can just get another one of you. Exactly. And they didn't want you anyway in the first place because you're a girl. So you're weak. Right. And when we go to war, you're just going to cry instead of pick up the rifle. So we're better to be rid of you. Exactly. That's fucked up, man. And then the fact that the women were so cruel to her. Which I'm not shocked about at all. I'm not. Because we've we've heard stories about that happening, too. I know. I know. And it just, it it still boggles my mind about all of that. And again, like, she was in a consensual relationship. What what about that makes you think that she's a whore? Like, why are you going to because insult they, her? they're implying that she did it so that he could get her favors and yeah. get her promoted above them and right. get her more money. Right. So she's having sex with this guy so that she can get money and that makes her a whore. That's their logic. Which... Which is absurd because clearly it was a consensual it relationship. It was a consensual relationship. It was... A loving relationship it was a respectful relationship it was everything she was ever looking for right and the fact that it that it it was so detrimental to her career right is is sad and the fact that it was taken so much more, more seriously, seriously than, actual physical than an actual physical assault like right Come on. How like is you're just that... making it obvious that that's that that's a gender thing. Exactly. Because in the first case they were both grunts. Yep. But the guy the perpetrator was a male, so it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. But yeah. in this case, the perpetrator yeah. being a female, all hell let yeah. loose. And like thinking about all of this together, it's no wonder she didn't report her sexual assault. It's no wonder. Right. Right. Like I can't even imagine what would have happened to her if she had reported. 
Right. More abuse, potentially. The blame would have been placed on her. If women were even saying you're a whore because you're dating somebody. Right. What would have happened? What would they have done? Finding out that she was, you know, making a report against somebody for assault, for sexually assaulting her. You know, Mm -hmm. like we already see in the civilian world how victims are blamed. Yeah. By everyone, by the the justice system, by their families, by their friends, who people who they think are their friends, and then by complete strangers. So I can't even imagine with what she went through with all of these things, how inappropriately it would have been handled. Yeah. Had she reported her sexual assault. Yeah. Something has to change. It has to. Oh, yeah. This can this cannot happen anymore. This this is absurd and it's disgusting. Treating me that way was just a symptom of a bigger problem. I mean, the bigger problem being this toxic environment where women were not supported or taken seriously or treated with respect. And this toxic idea of brotherhood, you know, within just the men all coming together and that creates like this disease disease that runs rampant in the military and the u.s navy and a symptom was just these women like also conditioned it definitely seems like men are prioritized Mm -hmm. and like they it's almost like it it feels as if it's being communicated that they're of more value. All the experiences that I had and how I was treated and how I saw other people treated in comparison, I felt like I really dodged a bullet, like yeah. not staying in for five more years because I had a long contract yeah. and I was starting to begin to wonder how I was going to make it, how I was going to get through it being yeah. this alone. So when I was in that car and I was driving to Paul's house because <laughs> we were still very much together, I was happy. I was, I felt free. I felt like, I felt so free. The relationship with Paul lasted for four years and resulted in an engagement. So clearly she wasn't doing this to make more money or get a higher rank more quickly. She was in love with this man. They were planning to get married. But ultimately they split up but remain friendly to this day. And Amanda is now married to a wonderful man who she had met while in the military. So some good came out of it. Well, that's good. (laughs) She does not at all regret her time in the military and would absolutely do it all over again if she could go back. Through Amanda's healing... She has established an incredible photography business where she uses her art to help others tell their stories. I feel very sad and um, disappointed for the women who are having to experience all this stuff today because I know what that feels like. I know that helpless feeling. And if me sharing this and helping elevate all of the women's voices so people can start 
demanding collectively justice, then I knew it was going to serve people in a positive way. I believe that things that are meant for me won't miss me and things that miss me weren't meant for me. Mm-hmm. I believe that 100%. Mm-hmm. And that means looking at the good and the bad and what opportunities come from them. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities that I have been given in the past, including my upbringing, uh, including going through the abuse in my family, mm-hmm. including the way I was treated in the military, it has brought me to a point of helping, of giving back and helping women today. Mm-hmm. It is like my soul driven purpose. It's right. what my business is built on. Mm-hmm. I believe that things that are meant for me won't miss me and things that miss me weren't meant for me. Mm-hmm. I believe that 100%. Mm-hmm. And that means looking at the good and the bad and what opportunities come from them. Mm-hmm. And the opportunities that I have been given in the past, including my upbringing, uh, including going through the abuse in my family, mm-hmm. including the way I was treated in the military, it has brought me to a point of helping, of giving back and helping women today. Mm-hmm. It is like my soul driven purpose. It's right. what my business is built on. Mm-hmm. What I've been learning is that I have all the power to give myself what I need. Mm-hmm. I have the power in myself to tell myself I am enough, to tell myself that I am strong, I am beautiful, I am intelligent. I don't need that validation or that approval from anyone. I am I am allowed to give that to myself whenever I, I want, when I'm when I'm ready. And I wasn't ready for a long time. You are not solely your thoughts because sometimes your thoughts are influenced into your head by other people. Just please practice being an observer of your thoughts if you can. I want you all to have all the opportunities that you can give yourself. And one of those things is giving yourself your power back. Like you don't need it from anybody, nobody, anybody listening to this, you don't need any sort of validation or approval from people. You have all the power to do it for yourself. It takes work. It's not easy, but it is a beautiful, beautiful, powerful freeing experience once you can get to a point where you prioritize yourself you put yourself first it is not selfish it is necessary and you are worthy of putting yourself first taking care of your mental health and giving yourself the approval that you desire from other people you can do it all yourself you are beautiful just the way you are inside and out and nobody can tell you otherwise If you want to serve your country, there's nobody and there's nothing that me or anyone else can say that can stop you from doing that. That is an honorable, extremely honorable thing to do. And I admire you for that. You're willing to put others first before you. And if that is what you want to do, you definitely should do that with caution. Please look out for yourself please know that this is something that goes on. And if there's a way you can emotionally and mentally prepare for that, because I know how strong of a desire it is to want to serve your country and nothing 
tears you away from that wanting to achieve that goal, I just want you to be careful. Just please be careful. Look out for yourself. Unfortunately, I'm sorry to say that, but please look out for yourself. Please protect yourself. Please be cautious and call out the shit, no matter what people, what people think. Call everything out. Don't be, don't be afraid to be scrutinized for it because it will happen. It will probably happen if not from one person, from multiple. But please call, keep calling it out. You are not solely your thoughts because sometimes your thoughts are influenced into your head by other people. Just please practice being an observer of your thoughts if you can. I want you all to have all the opportunities that you can give yourself. And one of those things is giving yourself your power back. Like you don't need it from anybody, nobody, anybody listening to this, you don't need any sort of validation or approval from people. You have all the power to do it for yourself. It takes work. It's not easy, but it is a beautiful, beautiful, powerful, freeing, experience once you can get to a point where you prioritize yourself you put yourself first it is not selfish it is necessary and you are worthy of putting yourself first taking care of your mental health and giving yourself the approval that you desire from other people you can do it all yourself you are beautiful just the way you are inside and out and nobody can tell you otherwise so do you have any final thoughts on, on this case, her story? You know, I mean, the same final thoughts that I had the last time that we discussed this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous not only that this happens at all, but that this happens in the military. This happens amongst an honorable organization of warriors who have dedicated their lives to protecting those who cannot protect themselves these people should be held to a higher standard and it seems like the standards are all wacky yes all completely backwards you know you shouldn't be allowed in the military if you're the kind of person who at a random party when you have a disagreement with someone is going to choke them yeah you know male female doesn't matter it matters a little more that's female but whatever maybe that's just me being a little male chauvinistic or whatever but the, anybody like I, you should not you should not be in the military you're a piece of crap if you can't control yourself, let, you know. Why do you want to put a firearm in that person's hand? Right. <laughs> right. Why do you want that person responsible for maintaining some piece of equipment that's going to be responsible for shooting down the nukes mm-hmm. that whoever is launching across the Pacific Ocean at the United States? Those mm-hmm. people should not be trusted, not even a little bit. You know, it's just like what I was saying, how, you know, <clears throat> if you play the devil's advocate card of like, oh, well, he was drunk when he did it. Well, okay, so then he can never drink again, right? That's obvious to all of us. If I had a friend who, when he got drunk, choked me ever, not only would I hurt him, but I would then say, you can never drink again. You yeah. understand that, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, maybe this is, quote unquote, because you were drunk. Like, and okay, so let's say that I'm at a party with a friend who gets drunk and he hits me. Right. And let's and let's just leave it at that. Let's uh, regardless of what I do or don't do. Then he comes to me sober and says, like, look, man, I'm so sorry. That was not me. I was drunk. My bad. 
whether or not I accept his apology, I'm going to say, you know, you can never drink again, right? Clearly, like, you understand that. I don't have to tell you that, right? You know you can never drink again. Because if you drinking caused you to hit people, you can't drink anymore. Right? So that guy's not going to stop drinking. The guy that assaulted her, oh, he's no. not going to stop drinking when he goes to party. And he's going to keep assaulting people. Correct. And he's going to keep getting away with it. Yep. And the same thing with the with the man who sexually, sexually assaulted, assaulted her. her. He's going to keep doing that. And like we said, the fact that he was so nonchalant about it means you, you he's got to have done it before. I guarantee he had, yeah. Because of the fact that he didn't use protection, and was like, "Okay, whatever. If you get pregnant, you just get an abortion." Yeah. So this is just a normal thing for you. Yeah. This is just a Wednesday for you. Yeah. Yeah. I raped a girl. Maybe got her pregnant. Whatever. She'll take care of it. How often are you doing this? That it's just a routine for you now. Right. And that's okay. That's just happening in the Navy. Yep. And look, I know our podcast is not going to be heard by the Judge Advocate General and the Joint Chiefs of Staff, <laughs> and and result in changes in policy, but. People should be just as upset as we are right now. Yes, they should. And maybe, maybe if enough people get upset, a, a change will be made. I doubt it, but yeah. like, come on, like you, everybody who's listening right now, this this got to piss you off, right? Yeah. This has got to piss you off. <laughs> if you're a reasonable person, you're pissed off right now. Agreed. Agreed. Like, that, that's the thing. I mean, like, I'm I'm a very passionate person, and I really try to tone it down for for the podcast because you don't you don't want to hear me <laughs> yeah, like go into yeah what I would normally say um when mics are off mm-hmm. um, it in these things infuriate me and and uh that's an understatement yeah. Dan, Dan knows how yep. heated mm-hmm. I get when I talk about these things outside of of recording um uh, and uh you know I do this so that other people understand why we're so angry about these things. Be angry about these things. It's okay. Yes. These are the things we should be getting angry about. Yes. We shouldn't be getting angry about them wanting to, you know, change the name of Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day. Because Columbus was a yeah. Turd. Yeah, he was a piece of trash, for sure. <laughs> and we know that. Like, this has been historically right. proven. It's there documented. It's legitimate. There are records of the prices that he would pay for various children. And uh, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Columbus didn't actually discover America. Right. Just an FYI. Right. So that's not something really we should be getting angry about. Right. We should be getting angry about the absurdity of allowing violence to continue especially in an organization like the united states military that's what we should be getting angry about yep and i don't want to hear this crap about like well they're warriors that's part of the warrior life they should not be abusing each other that's part of your a dick life (laughs) yes like look you can probably tell when i get heated that i'm the kind of person that if you punch me in the face, I'm going to punch you back, right? I'm not I'm not a pacifist. I believe no. in peace. I believe that you can live your life without ever having to punch anyone. But I'm also not a pacifist. I don't believe that you should get punched in the face and do nothing about it. Right. So I don't want to hear this crap about like, oh, well, she should fight back. That's just, that's just part of the deal. If I was at the party and he choked me, I'd punch him in the face. Well, you shouldn't have to punch the people on your team in the face. No. If you're the quarterback and a linebacker turns around and punches you in the face, is that cool? Do you just brawl him 
on the field while the other team takes the ball down and beats you? No, there's a reason because now you've lost. And I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say a cliche, but two wrongs don't make a right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly correct. I mean, mm-hmm. it may make you feel good for a moment that you just you you hit that person, you got the regression out on that person, but like, what's gonna happen in the long run? It it it. Well, he'll ha- know not to do it again. No, he no, won't. he won't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, he won't do it to me. You're right. He'll do it to someone weaker than you. Yeah. Right. He'll just, right. He'll just feel like, okay, I can get away with this somewhere else. I'm just going to go. No. No. Be angry. Be angry. Stomp your feet. Talk to your legislation. I mean, like, seriously, like, if these are things that are, that are going on in your state and you notice that the, like, legislation... Like, okay, the consent thing, like I was talking about before, if you're one of the states that literally you you have to say no for it to be considered... Move. Well, <laughs> I don't necessarily mean to move. I right. mean to go talk to your get, legislators. Yeah. Get, get politically involved. Because, Lobby. And, and like we said, I was talking before about the example where people don't understand their rights as workers at companies yeah. and how, you know, people don't understand their rights in a lot of cases. Yeah. Step one, learn your rights, because you may not you may be living in a state right now where it's OK for someone to rape you because you didn't say the word no. Correct. And you don't even know that. Correct. You may have gone out to the bar with friends and passed out and not gotten raped. And that's strictly luck because your state is telling people it would have been okay for them to do that to you because you didn't say no. Yeah. Step one, learn your rights. It sucks trying to learn your rights in this country because our legal system is so incredibly long-winded and convoluted. There's lots of reading. Find a Sunday when it's raining and it's bored and you've got no plans and just go to yourstatesinitials.gov. And just start reading the laws and educate yourself on what your rights really are. Yeah. Because rights aren't really rights. There's the law. There's the rights that we all have to, like, not be raped and not be murdered and make a fair life for ourselves. And then there are the laws, which is what you're actually given. Correct. You need to understand what the laws are, what rights you're being granted by your your municipalities, by your uh, area, because... These are things you may be entitled to things that you don't know you're entitled to. Yep. And you may be at risk for things that you don't understand that you're at risk. Yep. So number one, learn the learn your laws, learn your rights. And if you read your rights and you're like, wow, this sucks, you should probably go. <laughs> well, I'm one for if you don't agree. Them, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't agree with the laws of your of your area, your state, your county, whatever it is, right. even federally. Um, lobby for change. Right. Lobby for change because yeah, yeah. nothing's going to happen unless we, as a, a as a people in this country, we elect people to represent us to change the laws to make the laws suit what is necessary for the times. As we progress as a society, our laws should be progressing as well, and they are not. Mm-hmm. People need to elect. I'm ready. So election day is coming up. Ready. <laughs> People need to elect local representatives because that's the most important piece of it. Because those are the people who actually are there to represent you as a as a small community 
And that's really where our laws are coming from. Most most states don't have the same laws as one another because of federal. They have laws that are similar to one another because they see what another state is doing and they're like, oh, hey, that's working in that state. Local elections are more important. And I know this is going to sound really bad because this is an incredibly important federal election that's coming up. But local elections are much more important than federal elections. Um, however, federal elections, I mean, like, you know, your your senators, like those those are people who represent your state, but they represent you in a federal way. So that's still considered local, in my opinion. The only thing that I would consider to be federal, personally, is is the actual president. Like everyone else is really is still technically local because they represent your state. They represent you as, you know, with the smaller community. So please, please, please go vote on November 3rd. Please go vote on November 3rd. <laughs> I am going to say this probably every episode now. Please go vote on November 3rd. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you who to vote for because that's not my place. But if you want things to change... And we, we, we are a democracy for a reason. We are a, well, we're a democratic republic for a reason. Like we, this country was founded on having the people voice their concerns and their opinions and getting change done. It's not, we don't have a king. We don't have a monarchy. We don't have a dictatorship. We have a very unique system where we can really change things if enough people get behind that change, if enough of the citizens of this country get behind that change. So if you want to change something, write to your legislators, vote people in who will change those laws. Change will not happen unless we decide we want it to happen and we actually go forth. And I think I've mentioned this on other podcasts, but on other episodes, be the change and elect people that will represent you in the best light possible. So there's my election day rant. What the hell are you doing? Wrapping it up. Are you folding things? <laughs> you can't see Dan, obviously. <laughs> so I, I'm going to say that that's the end of our episode. <laughs> yeah. We want to send a huge thank you to Amanda for sharing her story and for being so brave to come forward, not only on social media, but also on the podcast to share her experiences and to inform everybody that it indeed does get better. And her healing is, is still continuing, but she is not afraid of that healing. And she knows that she is incredibly powerful and we admire her so much. So thank you, thank you, thank you to Amanda. So if you or anyone you know would like to share a story on Blackbird, you can email us at blackbirdadvocacy at gmail.com. You can de- you can. I was going to say you can demail us. You can demail us. I don't us. know what that means. I don't want to know. You can- <laughs> I don't want any demails. Do oh, God. I didn't- no. <laughs> Do not. That would be considered sexual harassment, and I will report you. Yes, I'm going to do a podcast about you. Yeah, probably. You can also DM us on Instagram at Blackbird Advocacy. 
You can find all of our platforms. You can find all of our other social medias at our link tree, which is L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Blackbird Advocacy. And you can also find our website there, but it's blackbirdadvocacy.com. And um, shop and, and buy some cute true crime and, and advocacy clothing and tote bags. I have my blood spatter bag and I'm, I love it. I think that's all I have to say now. So as, as always, be safe, be aware of your surroundings and continue to social distance if you can. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm going to say. I've said it plenty of times. You know the rules. I shouldn't have to tell you them anymore. Yeah. Don't Uh, spit on people. Ugh, no, no, don't spit on people. You should never spit on people in general. The thing is, you're spitting on people without knowing it. Right well, now, yes. I'm technically spitting on Sarah and the dogs and the cats. Even though we are about six feet apart. Right. Yeah. Dino's pretty close. Dino's, yeah, Dino's close. Dino spits on me all the time. Oh, so, just, yeah. when you're breathing, you're spitting. Just don't be spitting on people. Correct. That's what a mask is for. That's exactly <laughs> what the mask is for. It's not about protecting yourself. It's about protecting everyone else. Correct. So, when you don't wear a mask, what you're telling me is you don't care about my health. Correct. That's a fact. If you don't like it, look it up. Correct. Educate yourself. Like, I mean, like, literally, just going to keep saying that. Educate yourself on what it actually means. Yeah. Learn stuff. Learn. Knowledge is power. Anyway, uh, I'm going to make a shirt that says six feet apart, not six feet under. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. So that'll be in the shop. So anyway, that's it. Thanks, guys. everyone i am nick and i'm russ and if you're looking for a podcast about current events that's well informed highly educated and safe to share with your whole family that's not us nope it's not but here at the nick and russ don't know anything podcast we have an opinion about everything and don't mind sharing it that we do new episodes every wednesday and saturday check us out at nickandrust.com and find us on apple spotify iHeartRadio, and many more including youtube thank you and i love you all